It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Red Bull AlphaTauri loving is getting so heated, FIA is even getting a little bit hot under the collar. But it's not just the FIA getting a little hot under the collar, but it's the likes of Zach Brown as well, the McLaren boss, who you don't want to mess with. Him having big concerns with the likes of Red Bull and Avatari increasing their collaboration with one another for 2024. With the idea that Zach Brown wants to see more independent teams without the idea of common ownership becoming more of a de rigueur situation within Formula One. Especially since we're seeing almost by the day that more and more of the operations from Fienza, the original base of Toro Rosso, and then before that Minardi, is being moved away from there and going to the UK. Bit by bit, the original identity of that agreement between Paul Stoddart and the Red Bull Group is being chipped away, becoming more and more of a technicality that the Red Bull Group are trying to overcome. Like, how much of it can we get away with to keep in Italy while still keeping the original agreement in check. But they're now moving their technical office to the UK as well, not far away from their wind tunnel currently based in Bista. And it gets even plainer to see that the Red Bull AlphaTauri collaboration is just getting bigger and bigger, with the new CEO Peter Bayer being very outspoken in the last few months and being uh, a little bit too lovey-dovey with the likes of Daniel Ricciardo and being very opinionated. And it, it just gets really blatant, as I will show you thusly him. 100% yes, Faenza is the headquarters, the heart of Scuderia Alpha Tauri. But today, we have 115 people in the UK in Bista, where we have the wind tunnel. At the same time, we need to develop our aero team. We need more space. We don't have parking there. <gasps> Not the parking! There is competition for talent, and we want to provide them with great facilities. A gym with a cafeteria. At the same time, we have more and more difficulties to convince senior engineers who have families to move to Italy. Why? Because there is an issue with the international school system. And we believe it is better now to give those people an opportunity to work in the UK to extend our footprint in the UK. But don't worry, they're going to keep some things in Fianza still. The admin and communications teams are going to stay there, as well as some production and design. 
But what kind of production, though, that was not said. And look, I understand they want to be competitive. And since most of the F1 teams are based in the UK, they would want to be a little bit closer to the action. But you still feel like it's going against the original remit of that team and the original agreement, the thing that they would honour the people of Fianza who have been really loyal to Formula One for the last 40 years. You just feel like that that spirit's going away. And with so much of the facilities being removed from that region... Why would the drivers even go back there anymore, since the majority of the development of that car is probably going to be taking place in Vista? Now it's becoming like, oh, yeah, that base, uh, just put some office clerks there, okay? So yeah, you can understand the points that Zach Brown brings up, that the idea of two teams being even closer together might raise some concerns. But this may be deflecting the idea that the Kingdom of Bahrain essentially owns McLaren now. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't sound weird and awkward and surreal. I thought I would just say it anyway, just for, you know, transparency. That and I don't have the bobble hat, so I need to be somewhat unbiased. But back to AlphaTauri and Red Bull. Because at least McLaren's not in cahoots with another team. This whole thing's gotten so concerning, in fact, that the FIA started to be a little bit more vocal when it comes to its ideals regarding supervision of cooperation between other teams. The head of single-seaters from them, Nicholas Tombasa, is stating that the FIA wants to move towards a model of scrutineering where they could just rock up to a facility or F1 team and ask for a little bit of a shifty to ensure compliance and nothing nefarious going on within teams or teams training secrets that go beyond the set components and materials that are allowed by the FIA. They're not doing that already? What? Loads of other sectors do it all the time, having places where they just drop in without any warning to make sure everyone's doing everything up to code. Because if you just give them a ring or you give them plenty of days to just tidy everything up, then what's the point of even inspecting them in the first place? You would think that Formula One and the FIA are doing that already. Just, what? It would probably be better if you didn't see anything, Nicholas. But okay, at least they're saying it right now and it makes for a nice little bit of a soundbite. But I'm beginning to see a pattern here with Tom Bassett. He comes up with these ideas that sound very, very bold and very, very brave by going, we want to have zero warning inspections, but we're not saying about, you know, knocking on the door and coming in. I mean, we we will call them first and, uh, you know, just to let them know we're coming and what we want to see. Oh dear, Nicholas, you started off so bold and then you just completely backpedaled. Especially what he said the other day when he was basically giving overall clarification to all teams but then he was saying that, oh, well, we can't track everything, like Zoom calls or anything. One step forward, three pedals backwards, right, Nicholas? But hold up here, let's be fair. I don't want to be dunking on these two teams too much. There are other situations going on in the background. Christian Horner is countering all of this speculation by bringing up the points that other teams cooperate with teams that buy engines and power units and other things from them. Him citing examples from Ferrari and Mercedes, who don't just offer power units to teams, but offer other things as well, which is a fair point to discuss. Whenever we hear situations about, oh, one team is going to supply another team with engines, it's not just the engines most of the time. Sometimes it can be even other things like gearboxes and suspensions and other components related to the power unit, maybe including the batteries and electrical components. It's not just the sticking in the engine and then going, which is kind of like what Mercedes has with McLaren. It seems a little bit more removed than other ones. But then you look to the ideas of Ferrari and Haas, because with Alfa Romeo now becoming Sauber and eventually becoming Audi, that link that Ferrari had with Sauber is slowly being eroded away and is 
practically non-existent at this point, except for them just being customers of Ferrari engines. That whole widget is going to Haas, because after the whole situation with the cost cap came into announcement, Ferrari realized that they had too much stuff. Hey Haas, how about you take up a little bit of a residence nearby our Ferrari headquarters and take some of our staff, and we'll give you some money rest as your technical director, so that means you can develop some more stuff yourself, right? Means that our staff don't lose their jobs or anything and they can stay in Italy? And Haas would naturally agree. And let's be even fairer here. Christian Horner, what he is trying to say is that he now no longer views Alpha Tauri as the junior team or a sister team, but a customer team. And therefore, the idea of providing components that are including the gearbox and rear suspension would seem all the more legitimate, since the likes of Aston Martin and Williams buy their suspension and gearboxes from the likes of Mercedes along with the power unit. What Red Bull are doing and what Christian Horner is doing is just further legitimizing the idea of Red Bull powertrains. They are now a full-on manufacturer who have their own facilities to make power units with Ford coming in to support for the battery side of things, making themselves out to be on the same level as Ferrari, Mercedes, Renault, and other manufacturers when they come in. And when Honda come back for the nth time and then probably will pull out again when things get a little bit too tough. So the way that Christian Horner is trying to paint it out to many people is that, well, we're just doing what everyone else does. And then let's be even fairer to him, is that Toto Wolf isn't immune to some sort of influence with other teams because he does have a finger in a couple of other pies. He still owns 5% of Williams shares, having used to own 15% a while back and was their executive director for a point before taking over the reins at Mercedes. And he also owns some shares in Aston Martin. Lagonda. I'm not talking about the Grand Prix team, but he does own shares in the car company. But those two entities are somewhat linked since they are owned by Aston Martin to some extent and both sides of the business prospering would be beneficial for every single party. So therefore everybody would be a winner if the car company is doing well and then the F1 team is doing well. In 2020, he bought about 4.77% of shares in Aston Martin Lagonda. But not long after that, it was diluted to just under 1% because they were trying to raise capital. Of course, there's the more nebulous influence that Toto has over Williams because all of those rumours that he was egging on James Valls to take on Mick Schumacher because he's a Mercedes driver and Williams get Mercedes engines, but James Valls backed down from that. So he does have a little bit of somewhat controlling influence in Williams in terms of their direction. Because I think he does view Williams as a B team and James Vowles going against the grain surprisingly and impressively is making sure that Williams do not become a B team. As for Haas, no, 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 no. They're doing the opposite. They're just allowing Ferrari to just back on up and uh, make themselves comfortable. But now we've got to light some fire under the bums of Red Bull and AlphaTauri. Unlike Toto's involvement in Aston and Williams, Red Bull owns both teams, not just collaborates or provides some components. As Horner stated himself, Red Bull and AlphaTauri are owned by the same shareholders, and it would be in their best interest for both teams to do as well as possible. And the idea of AlphaTauri moving away from Faenza, another country entirely, and getting closer to Milton Keynes, because Bister and that are not exactly that far apart, communications and logistics would be practically not a problem at all. You just have to just rock up a track from one facility to the other, or even just a van. Whereas for the most part, between Italy and Milton Keynes, you probably would either have to just FedEx it over there, send over a private jet, or you'd have to rely on internet communications with them being in the same country and maybe just a couple of hours on the road from each other, then you can do much more. And okay, this isn't too much of a big deal, considering that most of the F1 teams are based around Silverstone and the Midlands, so Red Bull and AlphaTauri are just, again, doing what everyone else is doing. But it's still the fact that they are both owned by the same shareholders, which makes it all a little bit more 
nefarious than the other ones. If you think about it, Red Bull and AlphaTauri, it doesn't really matter if one outperforms the other, all parties win. But if Mercedes were outperformed by Aston Martin or Williams or to a lesser extent McLaren, what would they gain? Because yeah, sure, they are powered by Mercedes, they have the gearbox and suspension in some cases, but they would lose out prestige and prize money, something of which Toto really, really likes a lot of, you know, the value of his team, because he does own a third of the Mercedes-AMG Formula 1 team. If they lose prize money and prestige and are beaten by customer teams, it does bring down the valuation of his stake within Formula 1 and Mercedes, so it's in his best interest for Mercedes to do as well as possible. So to go with all of this cooperation and collaboration and offering handouts to Aston Martin and Williams to bring them up the grid and maybe outperform them, that might not be the most smart move. But with AlphaTauri and Red Bull, it's kind of different. If both teams do well, the entire group wins, as the powertrain is, for now, kept in-house, especially since AlphaTauri are now, according to Horner, seemingly free to push the team as far up the grid as possible, without fear of retribution or some sort of punishment. This has happened before, back in 2008, thanks to the likes of Sebastian Vettel, when he won the Italian Grand Prix, and made sure that Toro Rosso outscored Red Bull. And that was the last time that happened. That's just going to mean that it doesn't really matter who does well, so long as both teams are doing well or are performing better than expected, then everybody's a winner, both in terms of prestige in Formula One and on the financial side of things, because it's quite clear that the second team is now all about making money because Daniel Ricciardo is there, as I talked about in my video from the other day. He brings in loads of sponsors because he's family friendly mostly. And of course, there are rumours that many sponsors are looking to partner up with the team. And Red Bull aren't going to lose to AlphaTauri anyway, since they've got Max Verstappen on their books for the next few years. Or until he gets bored and decides to just play around with his custom Ferrari at Portimao again, or decides to go and have a play date with Fernando Alonso at Le Mans, because they both really want to do that together. Then there's the idea of the two teams potentially splitting the load when it comes to the cost cap, something which Zach Brown and other teams, and maybe the FIA to a lesser extent, fear. Because think about it, you would hypothetically have two allocations of $135 million between Red Bull and AlphaTauri to play around and experiment with driver components and developments. One team can focus on one section of the car, and the second team can focus on another section of the car, just doubling things up. But I really don't think that Red Bull would be that stupid, because they would be aware that all of the stuff that they've been talking about, they've been waxing lyrical, they've been trying to dampen the fires and assure people that, oh no, we're not, we're not going to do that. I don't think they would then suddenly make this a sort of triple bluff and go like, oh, we are doing this, but we're saying that we're not, but then you might think we're doing that, so we might not do it. <laughs> it gets a little bit confusing, but the whole idea has gotten people really concerned that AlphaTauri will suddenly be really, really good and that the FIA didn't do enough to try and make sure that the checks and balances were legitimately put in place. But the FIA is hoping that, oh, well, with us just talking very, very loudly and saying, now Formula One teams don't do what we think you might do. And even though they weren't naming names to try and make sure that the FIA weren't seen to be biased against Red Bull, they were just saying, oh, we're not thinking that Red Bull are doing this. No, 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 no. This is, this is a sport-wide message. Don't collaborate too much, okay? But the timing of it, as well as what Peter Bayer has been saying and being very outspoken, I think it's very telling. This was aimed at Red Bull, but the FIA were just a little bit too afraid to um, say that themselves. But whatever happens, AlphaTauri will be better than this year. 
and they did have a turnaround after they got that rear suspension thing and then they got the floor. They were much faster than the likes of Williams. And it's only because they had such a rubbish first half of the season that Williams kept P7. Even though they say, oh, we would be fine with just P9. They quite like seventh. But hey, no matter what happens, the Red Bull group will be making more money. And that's what the new CEO cares about instead of what Dietrich Mateschitz liked, the racing side of things. But I suppose the point of this video is that in the end, F1 is filled with cooperation from different entities. But I feel like this is something that the FIA should really take seriously because at this point in time, all of the teams are trying to find solutions in order to beat Red Bull. And if it involves getting into bed with your nearby rivals in the Constructors' Championship, then some entities might be tempted to do it. Much like the whole situation with the initial idea of AlphaTauri no longer being the idea of Toro Rosso, which was quite the shame and a bit of a loss of its original soul. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.